G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. I'm here after team selection and the first game of round 15 has unfolded. Plenty of relevant news to unpack with all 18 teams back in action, which means we will be fielding a full 22 players, thank God. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't really get off to the greatest start for me and I'll talk a little bit about the Bombers and Giants, and then unpack some hot topics ahead of round 15, full lockout on Friday Arvo. So without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. All right, starting with Thursday night's game, there wasn't a hell of a lot relevant, but there were some pretty big names in action, which meant that we could take a chance on a vice-captain loophole. Josh Kelly dropped 120, and honestly, I think his score is the only one worth considering. Now, if you do want to get a little bit greedy, I would understand why you'd pick a different skipper, but personally, I think it's wise to pocket the points there with JK. It's 120. Usually, that's what we want from our skipper, so I think it's being a bit greedy if you try and chase anything else. Maybe that's just because I don't have Josh Kelly's 120. I went... uh, with Tim Taranto as my vice-captain, who actually scored the fourth most points for the Giants, but it was only 84, so a little bit less than what we expect from Taranto, but that's all right. He does seem to round out his average with a couple of 130s and then an 80 every so often. So if you have him for the whole stretch, I guess it doesn't really matter. Zach Merritt was the only Essendon player to top triple figures fantasy-wise, and he hasn't really lit the world on fire like I thought he would coming off his buy. He was someone that I was looking to trade in but didn't do so, and it honestly might help me because I would have paid up a little bit of extra coin to get him, and he hasn't really been worth it. Cornelio on the other side of the ball, he was the other big name in action with 112 for the Giants. We did see Zach Williams get 104 as well. Jackson Hatley returned for a lot of coaches. Well, probably not a lot, actually. He's probably not in many teams now, but he scored a 69, as well as Dylan Clark, who scored a 69 as well. So two popular rookies that might be floating around your M8 or on your midfield bench. So that was all the relevant news from the Thursday night game. Now let me dive into team selection. Just quickly for those, uh, for what it's worth, who are interested, the Giants and Bombers changes. Martin Gleeson and Aaron Francis came in for Essendon. And then we saw Patrick Ambrose and Matt Guelphie be the two outs. Ambrose actually injured himself in the warm-up from memory. So the Giants had no late changes, but Nick Haynes, Jackson Hatley, and Zach Langdon came in for them with Jake Stein, Matt Buntine, and Matty DeBoer, the omissions. All right, Friday night footy will see the Crows clash with the Cats. Wicked game, actually, at GMHBA Stadium. Two changes for Geelong. They've got Gary Rowan and Darcy Fort out with Lockie Fogarty and Jed Buse, two ins. Fort out does not really hurt, but it's a little bit less than ideal. We would have liked to see him string a few games together with Asava Radigalia injured, but it is what it is. Adelaide, they made three changes to their side. They have Josh Jenkins, Wayne Miller, and Cam Ellis-Yolman all out injured. Bryce Gibbs and Elliot Himmelberg were two ins, along with debutant Ben Davis. I'll talk about all the rookies at the end, because there are a few relevant ones, but Ben Davis is a forward who has been named on the bench to start, but that's okay. Could be a handy 170k player. Hawthorne and West Coast kick off things on Saturday. For West Coast, Jeremy McGovern and Jack Petricelli didn't make the trip for two different reasons. 
Petricelli has a hamstring strain and obviously McGovern is suspended for one game. We will see the triumphant turn of Nick Natanui along with Willie Rioli. So that's good news for those who took the punt on Jared Cameron from the Eagles. He has been named to start on the field on a half-forward flank, which is good. Didn't lose his spot with Rioli back in the side. Petricelli's hamstring strain might see him miss a few games as well. So Cameron is someone definitely worth considering trade-wise. For Hawthorne, Harry Morrison, Jared Ruffhead and Caden Brand with a three outs. Oliver Hanrahan has been brought in to make his debut, another 170k forward, along with Connor Nash and Daniel Howe. So like I said, I'll unpack the rooks in a bit. Not a lot else relevant news-wise out of Adelaide, out of uh, West Coast and Hawthorne's team selection, but it is good to see Nick Natanui back in action. The Swans and the Suns are up next. Not a hell of a lot of fantasy relevant here. Menzel, Franklin, and Ryan Clark were the three outs for Sydney. Buddy's hamstring's probably going to keep him out for around a month, which sucks. Ben Ronk, Tom McCartan, and James Robottom finally gets his chance as the three ins. Robottom has been lighting it up in the twos for the Swans, so good to see him finally get a, a gig. On the other side of the ball, Gold Coast made three changes as well. Holland Smith, Nick Holman, and Callum Archie are all out with the Gold Coast squad welcoming back some experienced players in the form of Pierce Hanley, Took Miller, and then Brad Shear. Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs are playing at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. The Dogs made no changes to their team, while Port Adelaide, two suspensions, forced their hand with Carl Amon and Dougal Howard out, which means Peter Adams and Willem Drew come into the side. Drew finally earns a reprieve, and he's someone I've been trying to trade out for a few weeks, but because he's playing, I probably won't end up pulling the trigger on him. Collingwood and North Melbourne also clash on Saturday night. One change each for both sides. Jeremy Howe is out with a calf injury. It'll probably sideline him for at least two weeks, maybe a little bit more. Josh Dacos is the one who's earned a call-up, and on North Melbourne's side, we've got another forward debutant in the form of Kyron Hayden, mid-forward. He makes his debut with Taylor Garner out through a club suspension. So Hayden is another rookie that I'm going to discuss, but he's been named in North's side on the field as well, for what it's worth, at the half-forward flank. So another basement price rookie that could be handy to generate some cash. On Sunday, we've got St Kilda and Richmond going head-to-head. These squads will be finalised later on Friday, but at the moment for St Kilda, the two outs are Dean Kent and Jonathan Marsh. A few new names included in their ins. Jack Steele comes back from injury, along with Nick Caulfield, Ben Long, Ben Patton, Dalton Langlands, who wins uh, the round award for the best name ever, and Sammy Rowe as well for St Kilda. On Richmond's side of things, Ryan Garthwaite, Jack Higgins, and Noah Bolter have been omitted. Big ins for the Tigers. David Asprey, Jaden Short, Kane Lambert, Shane Edwards, Ivan Soldo, Trent Cochin, and Shy Bolton are into the squad. So, like I said, a lot of big names are returning there for the Tigers, which could, maybe, mean Patrick Nash is out of a job. He's named on the extended bench, so if he is in your trade plans, make sure that you check back with the Sunday teams when they're fully announced so you know what Nash's situation is. Nick Hind holds, despite all those big ins for St Kilda, including Jack Steele, who was probably the one most likely to take his spot, but... Hines been named on a half-forward flank, so again, I'll talk a little bit about the Rooks, but Hines has been relying to keep on kicking goals to put up scores, so personally I wouldn't advise trading him in, but he's not the worst option, that's for sure. Brisbane and Melbourne's Sunday teams have not been fully announced, but there are some changes. Josh Wagner is out for the Ds with Jordan Lewis, Michael Hibbard, Braden Pruce, Oscar McDonald and Corey Wagner, the Inns. 
For Brisbane, Jacob Allison and Ryan Matheson are out. Zach Bailey, Ben Keyes, Jared Berry, Sam Skinner, Brandon Stasevic and Corey Lyons are the inclusions. Finally, the last game of the round that I was actually contemplating going to until I uh, saw Carlton's team sheets. Let me go to the Dockers first. We saw Jesse Hogan and Stephen Hill out injured. Cam McCarthy seems like a likely replacement for Hogan. Trav Collier, Adam Chera, Bailey Banfield, Scott Jones and Lockie Schultz are the other inclusions into the Sunday squads. For Carlton, though, we've got some huge injury news. Patrick Cripps is out. He's expected to miss at least a week, maybe a fortnight with an injured foot. So this is big news because it could have Brownlow ramifications. There are a lot of coaches who were considering trading out Cripps on his buy but held him, myself included, which stings. So... Cripper out for a few weeks. I think that makes him a must-trade. He has a sprained foot, which doesn't sound like a great injury, and honestly, wouldn't surprise me if he misses more than the allotted time that Carlton said. They don't really have a lot to play for this year. They do obviously want to try and uh, improve their standings, improve their standing in the ladder so that they don't have to give pick number one to Adelaide. But yeah, Cripper is a huge out. Harry McKay is also out injured for Carlton. The inclusions into their squad are Jack Silvani, Liam Jones, Matthew Kennedy... Andrew Phillips, Hugh Goddard, and Darcy Lang. Hugh Goddard seems set to be emergency for the 48th straight week. Hopefully, he finally makes his debut, but yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Huge outs, though, like I said, for Carlton. Jack Silvani will probably earn a reprieve, and Liam Jones looks like another likely replacement. So that's all the team selection-relevant news. Plenty of changes for all 18 teams, and hopefully you weren't hit by too many injury bullets. All right, let me unpack a few hot topics very quickly. Now, Patrick Cripps and Tom Rockley for two blokes who would usually, on a best-case scenario, be in our fantasy lineups, but they aren't playing at the moment. Tom Rockley might even be returning via the Sandfall. So for that reason, I think, given we're at the pointy end of the season, you have to trade these blokes out. Cripper could be out for one week, but he could miss more than the next fortnight, and it's too much money and too much potential to have just sitting on your bench. Same can be said with Rockliffe. Even if you've held him through all this time period, having him not play during the buys is very different to not having him play when you're fielding 22. So those guys can still be turned into some players of value. Um, Talking about players of value and diverting into some trade targets you might want to pick. In the midfield, I think McRae is the number one target right now. A lot of people were asking me questions last night and in the lead up to round 15 lockout over whether they should chase a Josh Kelly type, Mitch Duncan. But personally, I've said this a few times, I think Josh McRae could score the most fantasy points to end the season. We've seen his role change slightly and he's put up two huge scores since then. And he's someone that I'm looking at very, very hard this week. And if you need a midfield upgrade, I think the value in McRae is too good to pass up. If you're addressing other positions, obviously Max Gorn and Brody Grundy are the only rucks you should be considering for your starting team. But down forward, or down back and up forward, I think Caleb Daniel is the number one target. He's scoring pretty immensely lately, shaping up as a top sixer in either position, and he's just getting possessions for fun. He's a walking 30 disposals in Caleb Daniel, so I think it's wise if you're looking for an upgrade to chase him in either of those two lines. All right, diving into the rookies. Now, before I kind of rank them and give you my thoughts on each rookie, let me talk about some of their numbers. So Ben Davis for the Crows has played 10 Sandful games this year and gone for 76. He could be a one-weeker, though, with Tom Lynch potentially returning next week. Josh Jenkins is out for another few weeks, though, so they might choose to get a little bit funky and keep Davis in their side. Not certain, but you never know. 
Oliver Hanrahan, who's had some solid numbers in the VFL. However, he's only averaging 60 from his 10 games this year. He did have an 80, 90-odd with four goals last week, but does seem to rely on goals to get big scores. Hawthorne's chasing some consistency in their forward line, so if he does produce, he could be around for a while, but seems like he has a little bit better job security than Davis. Kyron Hayden, he scored 53 from his nine VFL games this year. It's been emergency multiple times already for North, and his job security is a little bit questionable. However, with North Melbourne's season almost down the toilet, we could see their kids get a lot of games to end the season. So if I had to rank them, honestly, I think I'd put Jared Cameron of the Eagles above all of them as a forward downgrade. He does cost a little bit more, but he does have that handy dual position flexibility with midfield status. So I think he's someone who I'm going to get this week and as a downgrade, and I think you should consider. Hopefully Petricelli doesn't come back and steal his spot instantly, but his tackling pressure, I think, will see him play at least a few more games. Talked about Nick Hind already. His job security was something that we were worried about a bit, but I'm more worried about his scoring potential. He needed three goals for his 70-odd on the weekend, and I don't think he'll be averaging three goals every game. So personally, Hind, if you need a midfield downgrade, is a fine target, but I wouldn't be going fielding him. And I think could see him dropped in the next fortnight or two. But yeah, he's putting up points at the moment, so that's all right. Out of the debutantes, I think I rate Ollie Hanrahan top. I have been advising people to go for Ben Davis. But this was before I really dove into Hanrahan's numbers. Davis is second on the list. And honestly, there's not much of a gap between those two. But I think Hanrahan has a little bit more potential to hang around in Hawthorne's outfit, so that's why he gets the nod there. Kyron Hayden's probably third on the list, hasn't shown a great scoring capacity, don't really understand his job security. Taylor Gardner's out, could see him come straight back if the club decides not to suspend him and they sort out his issues. He apparently was involved in a brawl in Sydney. Don't think he'll be back anytime soon, but you never know, but... That's my uh, two cents on a few of the rookie downgrade targets. Obviously, there are some better performing ones, but you have to pay up a little bit for them, like Oscar Baker and Griffin Lowe. So if you need the cash and you want to chase those guys, there's my thoughts. All right, a few Q&As before I dive into my teams. Paul Lewis says, Hugh Goddard, thoughts? I wouldn't be trading him in until I see him play a game for Carlton. He has been listed as emergency multiple times this year, but it's not that time of year yet where we can throw away any bench positions. So my advice would be to wait on Goddard. Even if he's named, I think it could be wise to just see him out one game. They do play over West against Frio, who traditionally give up a few points to Backman, but I'd rather give Hugh Goddard a week. Punchy asked, thoughts on Cameron, Hanrahan, and Hind? One of them comes in for Answorth. His thoughts are that Cameron has okay job security given Petrocelli's injured, and he likes his scoring plus his dual positioning. Hind has solid job security and could get DPP in round 18, which is something to consider if you are an owner. And Hanrahan, obviously, being a debutante, we haven't seen a hell of a lot out of him, but he might have the best job security if the Hawks continue to cry out for a forward. So if you're after job security, I think Nick Hind, oh, it's tough to say job security-wise, I think Nick Hind has the safest position out of those three, although, like I've said, Cameron and Hanrahan, uh, all three of them really, are a little bit of a mixed bag, but the dual position, dual positioning rather, that Cameron has could be handy. So personally, I think it comes down to a bit of a financial decision. There's not a lot between Hind and Cameron, but if you need someone with mid-forward status, that could be helpful, but... Hind should keep scoring well, could, like Punchy mentioned, get job, uh, get dual positioning later in the year, and he, even though he's playing forward, midfield is his natural position, so hopefully if 
some other things fall out of place, then we can see Hind play some midfield minutes for St Kilda. Jaya Rosevi asks, hey legend, Hanrahan or Hayden? Like I said, I think Hanrahan is the way to go there. Has a little bit higher scoring uh, pedigree and could have more job security. Might be uh, on the wrong side of history there and Hayden does have dual positioning status. I don't know how I'd word that, but that could become handy. Uh, but yeah, I think I side with Hanrahan. Last one, John Cool asks, do I trade Cripper out? He asked that in the form of a poll, which I retweeted. Got nearly 200 votes and 84% of people say yes. So I think trading Cripper out is a wise move and that transitions perfectly into my moves. I will be trading Patrick Cripps out this week and as a result, I'll be landing Jackson McRae. Should have got him last week, but priced at 726 grand, I think there's still room for growth. He could honestly tick into a price range similar to Kelly and Taranto and those other 800 plus big dogs. So I'll be getting McRae this week. To generate the money, I'm gonna trade out Nick Larkey and turn him into Jared Cameron. I was considering an Answorth to Nash move, but doesn't make me a hell of a lot of money. And I do like Jared Cameron's game. I hopefully will see him around for a while. It means Willem Drew survives, so he'll be my emergency in my midfield and does give me another link between my mids and forwards if I trade in Cameron. So hopefully he hangs around for a few weeks, but I think, like I've said before, his tackling pressure and his goal-kicking prowess could see him score a couple more decent games before the end of the year. And that's going to do it from another episode. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck in round 15. I'll be back earlier than last week with a round wrap-up on probably Monday, maybe Tuesday. I'm gonna be doing an NBA couple of episodes over the weekend, previewing free agency. JLo and I will be doing our Sunday sit down. And on Saturday, I'm gonna talk a little bit about how the Lakers should build around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you leave a rating and review for the podcast. Subscribe for further episodes. Until next time though, 